Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here, and welcome to The Afterlight. My guest today is Amber Annette. She is a soul-powered life and business coach dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs do what sets their soul on fire. Yes, girl. She primarily focuses on messaging for your brand, marketing for your business, soulful sales for your services. Now, through coaching, intuitive insight, plus her savvy financial and business background, she inspires women to fully step into who they desire to be and create the life and business income and impact they are here to create. When she's not building her business or working with a client, you will find her at one of her children's baseball games or enjoying the lake with her family and friends. Now, you might be wondering, what, Lauren, you've got a business coach on the show Well, Amber is a whole lot more than just a business coach. She is also a psychic medium. So we're going to be talking about all things spiritual in this call. Although if you are looking for someone to help you set your soul on fire, Amber might be the right woman for you. She's joining me from her home today. We're going to be talking about all things psychic divination. We're going to be finding out the importance of finding your own truth within your psychic mediumship journey. We're going to be sharing some stories and maybe talking a little bit about the afterlight and finding hope within our lives here as human beings, well, souls living the human experience. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, my sister. What a fabulous intro. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so interesting to be, to like hear somebody read that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you love it? You're like, yeah, that's me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm like, And I, and I now want to add this to that and that to that, just the expansion evolution we all go through. It's, it's, it's fun to hear somebody read that. So thank you. Speaking of an evolution, you know, one of the things that I love learning about is the spiritual evolution of my guests of where their spiritual journey began and what's kind of brought them to here. I know some of the stories are sad. Some of them are funny. Can you tell me a little bit about how your spiritual journey began? Have you always connected with passed over loved ones or those who are on the other side, or was it something that you learned to do? That's a great, it's, it's my favorite probably story to tell. Um, so when my son was born, he was born in 2013. I started seeing my father-in-law in spirit, um, in my home and uh he died and um i was quite concerned because you know here i am thinking i might have this like serious case of postpartum depression i'm seeing ghosts and spirits and um a girlfriend of mine i that i shared that i was you know kind of scared that this was happening um she recommended that i go see a psychic medium 
And so I did, I booked this appointment with this woman. I'd never been to a psychic before, had never been into any, anything in the metaphysical realm and the spiritual realm at all. And, um, I met with this woman and I had like, I don't know, it was like a 30 minute reading or so. And we got to the end and she said, you know, do you have any questions? It was a beautiful reading. Like she connected me with my dad who had passed over and I was really quite blown away by the, by the experience. And she said, you know, is there anything else you need to know? And I said, well, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I seeing and hearing? Like, what is happening to me? I'm scared. I'm like schizophrenic or something. And she said, don't you understand you're supposed to do what I do? And I looked at her and the words that came out of my mouth were, oh yeah, I remember now. Oh, I know <laughs> goosebumps, right? <laughs> truth bumps every time. I have told this story a million times and I get truth bumps every time I'm Gotti because it was, I don't know how, it was like something from a movie. It was like a light switch, literally a light switch. Um, I instantly just knew. I just instantly knew this was what I was supposed to be doing. That's what I'm here to do. I know how to do it. Within a couple of days, I was doing face-to-face, heart-to-heart readings for people. Um, connecting them with their past loved ones. I mean, within a couple of weeks, I was doing group readings, going into people's family rooms with five to 10 different people and connecting them with their past loved ones. I mean, there was no training. There was no, I, I just knew Um, it was, I mean, to, to say it was just a natural gift is there's just no other way to say it. So um, I very quickly was able to even leave my corporate job of, gosh, I've been there almost 15 years. I mean, thriving position, like just got to the level that I've been, I've been wanting that AV position for a long time. And um, man, so I was able to leave there and start doing this work full time. And I have never looked back and that's been almost nine years ago. So wow. it's been incredible. One of the Follow things, your higher calling. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. One of the things that I really see in all the guests that I speak to is that they have this innate ability. And sometimes it's taken time to just trust the process and to, yeah, follow their higher calling and just to to kind of know better. Did you ever have any of those self-doubt times where you're like, oh, business is a little bit slow or things aren't working the way that I originally thought that they would? And how did you kind of navigate that? Or Absolutely. I mean, there were moments along the way where, um, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, adding in entrepreneurship, so learning how to build a business as well as like develop these types of skills at, at the same time was a challenge all in itself, but I did have a business background. So that definitely helped. Um, but I mean, of course, you know, can I do this? I mean, there's so many different levels of things that come up in entrepreneurship, especially, you know, seeing other people in social media, doing things similar, imposter syndrome, um, just the self-doubt, the self-confidence. I mean, the things that from a mindset perspective, you have to shift through and move through and grow through. Uh, I mean, it's been, I'm, but I'm so grateful for the contrast, you know, I mean, it's those moments, those like dark night of the soul moments where we find that courage, we find that strength, we find that inner confidence that nobody else can give us. We have to find that ourselves. And so I'm so grateful even now to this day, when contrast shows up, I know it's just because the universe wants me to expand. I know it's just because there's something bigger. I know, you know, I talk a lot about 
triggers, truth bumps, and tears. And the universe has this experience, all three of those at any given moment for a variety of different reasons. But the core reason is for expansion. It's for growth. It's for soul. It's for our, or it's for our soul to evolve. And oh. so, yeah. I love that truth bumps. That is too cool. Because when I, I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps. That means it's true. That means it's right. It's but it. truth bumps is probably a more accurate example of what that is. So, you know, why is it that some people can sort of thrive when contrast comes and other people, they don't, they struggle with that. Is that because, you know, they still have to maybe learn the hard way? Is that because they, you know, their soul is just potentially not ready to embrace that change or? I mean, I think really it comes down, I think it comes down to the decision, right? Like you, everything comes down to deciding is, are you going to take a step forward? Are you going to stay where you're at? Are you going to are you going to let it fall? Are you going to fall behind? I think the the power of saying yes or no is what can shift and change everything for you. So many people sit in a place of indecision. Um, one of the most beautiful visions that the universe has ever given me is what starts to happen when we say, when we decide on something, when we make a decision, I got this vision of this row of doors, this infinite row of doors, and um, they're to the right of you and they're to the left of you. And the, the doors to the right of you, as soon as you decide something, they all open up just do, 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 all the way down this row, this infinite row of positive things that can now happen for you. These decisions, these things that everything can happen, they open. And down the other side of this infinite hallway of doors with that same decision, all these doors close because they're no longer aligned for you. They no longer match for you based off of the decision. And that's happening for us all the time. But if you just stand there and you're terrified, you're scared, you're worried, you're doubting, or you're howling, no doors can open and no doors can close. And so I think that is like recognizing all of our power and the free will as a human being to make that choice oh, you're never going to get it wrong. The only wrong choice is not making a choice at all. Oh, that is so strong. And I think that, you know, very often, sometimes as humans, I think we talk ourselves into thinking that we're so limited or, you know, that these opportunities belong to others. And yeah, maybe there is inaction and therefore people are just kind of, they stagnant. They stagnate, I guess you could say. I love that example as well of all of the doors. It's funny because when you were talking about that, you actually shut your eyes and I could see that you were having this sort of vision come through. When you were talking earlier about seeing your father, did you see your father in physical like manifestation with your eyes yeah. open or was that in your third eye? No, he was like legit walking around my house. <laughs> now there are lots of it's always different. You know, there isn't one way I see, hear, feel, know. I mean, I have every clear sense you could absolutely have. Um, sometimes I see things. I mean, I've literally said to my husband, I'm like, oh my, oh my God, did you just see that? And he's like, Amber, I'm never <laughs> going to see it. Like, I don't know when you're going to get it, but I'm never going to see that. I mean, sometimes it is just like, it is just very clear like that. Other times I just know, like there's just a knowing that maybe spirit has entered the room or, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to use the words mind reader, but at the same time, like sometimes I'm just able to read people's minds and it, I mean, sometimes it freaks them out. Sometimes they're fascinated, but you know, my gift shows up in lots of different ways, which I think makes it pretty interesting. 
and it's always, it's, there's always new things too. Um, you know, just recently I really started in the last couple of years, really, really understanding the energy of like air, earth, fire, and water and how we can really harness how powerful they are to like live life based off of those energies. And it has been just, I mean, absolutely heart, mind, soul blowing. I mean, it's, it's done things for my life, my business, my relationships, my bank accounts that it's just been amazing. I would love to talk to you about that because I remember I was reading a book by, I think it was David Wells and it was like gifts of a psychic. Uh, I think it was secrets of a psychic or something like that. Anyway, he was talking about how, if you were able to harness the elements that you're able to have a high quality life. And then he went on to give examples of, you know, if let's say you're lethargic and maybe a little bit bored, not a lot of action, you probably need a little bit more fire. And then if you're maybe like too, too much chatter and you're not listening enough and, and all that, maybe you have too much air. And it was really about understanding a bit of the balance. Can you tell me about your own experience within that? And why is it that this is something that we seem to overlook? Which is interesting considering like literally our entire universe is made up of those four yeah. elements. So, True. and actually True. the fifth element being us ourselves as spirits. So, um, so how this actually came to me was I was already kind of working with the elements from a coaching perspective with my clients. Like, I feel like, you know, there's not a lot of passion. There's not a lot of desire. How can we bring more fire into your life? And what I started recognizing was inside of my business, there were just certain times of the month that I just didn't have the energy. I didn't have the capacity or the captivation or conviction to do sales or marketing. And then other times of the month, I was like a fiend with all of it. I couldn't stop. I wake up at like two o'clock in the morning with all these divine downloads and ideas. And I was like, oh, like what is, what is going on here? And so I went to call my life coach because I was just having a really one of those days where I was like, how am I ever going to do this? How am I ever going to, I don't have any energy to even get off the couch today. Like I'm such a loser, like all these like negative self-talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And I go to call my life coach and I realize this is the third month in the in a row that I've called her on the exact same day. And now that told me there was a pattern there. Mm -hmm. And anytime I can recognize a pattern, I know there's power. And I am an avid journaler. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through all my journals and figure out what is going on here. And I started to see this amazing pattern that one week of the month, I was very fiery. One week of the month, I was in my air. One week of the month, I was in earth. And one week of the month, I was in water, which I happened to be in my water week that week. And I went back for five years worth of my journals and I was blown away. Sometimes on the exact same day, year after year, I would write the exact same words, like word for word, not like a couple words similar, like sentences would be word for word about how I was feeling and what I was thinking. Wow. So I decided to track it. I decided to go, okay, if, if this is true, I should really be selling when I'm in my fire and I should be doing marketing when I'm in my air. And so I followed it and this was in January of 2020 and in February of 2020, after following my elements for just one month, I had $150,000 in sales in one month. It was, I mean, it blew my mind. And since then I have like not slowed down. Like 
it not, and not just from money, but like my energy, I always know what's coming. I always know when I'm going to feel creative. I always know when I need, I'm going to need extra rest. I always know when I'm going to be strategic and organized and feel like decluttering my closet. It's like uh, everything our soul needs to tell us. It's like clockwork right there in the elements. You just have to be able to like connect in, tap in and follow it. It's so funny. It makes me emotional when you're talking about that because a little while ago, I read the book by Rebecca Campbell. I listened to the audiobook Rise, Sister, Rise. And in that book, she was talking a lot about cycles. And I remember thinking to myself, I would see sometimes women who were like, oh yeah, I, I teach people about the cycles. And I just thought it was so cringy. I'm like, oh, that's, I'm really not into this at all. <laughs> and then I recognized yeah. how it it, it's a superpower and I've been missing out on a complete opportunity and, you know, full disclosure here, I still haven't figured it all out. Although I do recognize the importance of cycles. So when you go into understanding whether or not you're in a water or fire or an air or an earth, do you kind of listen to mm -hmm. your own inner truth or do you have to keep a journal and a bit of a log and chart days or how would you even begin to get started? When you first get started, absolutely. It's easy just so you can really understand what elemental energy you're in. So let's play a game here. So if you had today, now, I know it's early morning for you. So if you had today to do absolutely anything you wanted to do, not had to do, not what's on the to-do list, but really anything that was just like, I would love to go do blank. What would that be for you? Um, probably market. Yeah, probably get out there, do some sales stuff, maybe. Sales maybe. or marketing? Yeah. Like, do you feel like creating content or do you feel like just being on like calls and like being like, girl, I can help you. Let me like, oh, maybe I feel, different. yeah, that's so funny. Okay. I feel like being productive and like sitting down and getting work done. So I guess that I, would be earth. Yes. If you feel like, like sitting down and like, or like how I know I'm in my earth energy for sure is when I start to like declutter things. I start to clean. I start to organize. I start to strategize a little bit more. I clean out my closet I bring my stuff to like donation houses. I like do, I call them my earth errands almost because I'm just like prepping and planning and strategizing and organizing. And so if you're feeling like kind of sitting down and like pumping out some stuff because you need to get stuff done, yes. that to me would be earth. If you're feeling like incredibly creative or like new divine downloads, ideation is flowing. I always want to take like 10 showers a day when I'm in my air because I just want to listen to what's going on to all of the like amazing creativity that's like flowing around me, right? So I love that for air. And whether you're a business owner or not, you can harness the elements for like your career, your relationships, like all of it. Like I identify with all my like girlfriends and like Oh girl, you are in your fire. Like you need to tell your husband right now, like you want to have another baby today is the day you have to do it today because you're in your fire. Like that's when you're captivating, you're magnetic, your like desire is there. I was like, you might even get pregnant today. If you tell him <laughs> oh, that's so helpful because so, I've had opportunity. I've had times where I can't stop talking to someone. I've got so many ideas. I am. And I was just here. about to say, I am on. Oh, really? Cause I was going to say I'm on fire right now, but maybe I'm on fire with my air not on fire. With so how fire. I like to think about like <laughs> the difference between the two, right. Is I love to write and create when I'm in air, but I like to edit when I'm in fire, because 
there's just a crisper, sharp, more passion and like just conviction there. So it's, and it's getting to know each element and you can't do that without going through it and without really kind of feeling it. But I think the most powerful question, whether you want to know their element or not, is like, what do I feel called to do today? Like, how would I, how, how do I want to spend my time? I mean, all the universe wants is for us to be like in a place of expansion and like the universe just wants to expand itself. So when you do this and you take the time to gosh, expand with joy and with, oh, like clarity and all the universe wants. And it's just going to keep giving you more to do that with. Why is it that we don't follow joy as easily? Why is it that we, you know, stay with situations that bring us anxiety or fear and it don't feels <laughs> irresponsible? It feels irresponsible right. to follow. We're taught like you work hard, you hustle, you like push force, you make it happen. Like, I mean, most of us in our generation, I mean, like our generations, I would say if you're between the age of probably 30 and 50, I don't know, maybe that's your podcast audience here, but if you're in that age, like that's where we, we still grew up with that. You work hard, you work nine to five, you go to college, you get your degree, you do. And that is actually just not what we are here to do. We are supposed to just be following what turns us on, what lights us up, what is calling to us. And yeah, we're scared to do that because it's unknown and anything to our mind that is unknown is unsafe. And so we try to do the safe thing, which is head down, push through, work through it instead of following what, what really does bring us joy. A lot of times too, I think, especially from like the career perspective, from your purpose perspective, a business perspective, we can look at things that bring us joy and go, yeah, but is it going to, it's going to, it's going to bring me joy, but is it going to bring me money? And absolutely it will. Absolutely. Well, your highest calling will always, always bring in your highest income every single time. It's impossible for that not to happen. Mm. I remember reading the book, Think and Grow Rich. And one of the things that he mentioned in that book was about how people very often quit right when they're about to succeed. You know, when you were mm -hmm. talking a little bit earlier about basically you right, recognize, oh, wait a minute, I have all these gifts you know, I, I, the word special came to mind. And I think that sometimes people feel like, oh, maybe these gifts are reserved for other people who are special and not me, but you're kind of an, in, you're kind of a, um, an anomaly in the sense that you're like, you discovered that you had all of these abilities. And the minute that you decided to go in and trust them, then it sounds to me like you just opened up with more and more opportunities and more and more self-realization and support from spirit. So have you always been somebody who's worked a lot on self-development, who's worked a lot on yourself, who's been really clear on listening to your own, your own intuition and your own truth? You do seem to be like a very self-realized person. Yeah. I mean, I think that comes from having a really, really rough upbringing. I kind of had to be self-reliant and driven. Um, if I didn't do it, nobody else was going to do it. And I think a theme throughout my entire life is I've never had a plan B. Plan A is my only plan. And I wish more people had that, could just stay locked into that vision. Let the vision be bigger than the fear, mm -hmm. you know, like 
And I get it's not always easy to do, you know, there's bills that pile up or there's, you know, there's lots of limitations, there's lots of excuses, there could be lots of consequences that happen from doing it. I have just never been one to let, um, I'm a visionary. And so anything less than me going after that big vision just has never, ever suited me. And I've often been asked, like, how do I fight fear the way that I do? And it's because I just don't fight it at all. I just don't participate. <laughs> I don't participate with fear. It has no place. I mean, danger is very different from fear. You know, danger is, you know, you're going to be in physical harm of some kind, but fear is fake. It's based off of something that is not true. It's based off of something that could or possibly, or might happen. And so if you're gonna like, if you're gonna go down the path of possibility, well, think about what could happen. Think about what you do want to happen. Yes, It's training your brain to only see what you desire and to just thank the fear, but just let it know it does not have a place and it does not serve. It just does not serve. Do you, you know, replace fearful thoughts with positive thoughts? Do you try to just quiet your thoughts so that the fear, you know, doesn't rear its head as much? Do you do a physical action to remove the fear? I have a three-step process. This is, this is, I do it all the time because it's impossible to not have fear-based thoughts show up. I mean, they do. That's just, that's never going to change. But as soon as they do, I recognize them. And I will say to myself, that is not the sole truth. What is the sole truth? And so I will write what my soul truth is. Let's say it's, um, I can have everything I desire. You know, um, let's say that become my, my, maybe my limiting belief is there's not enough or there's never enough or something along those lines. Not true. Soul truth. There's enough for me. There's enough for everybody. When I expand, the universe expands. But the key then is the action to take based off of your new soul truth. And that's where I think most people, like they will speak mantras. Like I kind of love, have a love hate relationship with mantras. If there's no action based off of what you're speaking, mm. like a mantra with action all day long, but you can't just speak a mantra over and over and over again. I mean, if you're getting to a place where you're like chanting, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level, but you have to take the action based off of the new belief or the old belief is just going to stay right where it is. So an action that you could take based off of when I expand, the universe expands, everything expands is what would make me feel expansive right now? Could it be, would it be writing? Would it be being, doing a Facebook live and sharing a message with somebody? Would it be doing outreach? Would it be taking a new class that's been calling to me? Like, you know, it's just, it's following the, following those questions and questions are always going to lead you to more curiosities and curiosities are always going to lead you to callings every single time. I love that. So, you know, by the sounds of it, it sounds to me as though you, you know, might come up with a, an idea and then you might know sort of an action to take to help bring that idea into life, or you might have inspired action, you know, to call somebody or to, you know, want to be on a podcast that, you know, has a name with something that you resonated with years ago. You know, I guess my question, Definitely. yeah, for that is, you know, 
how important is it to kind of act on your hunches right away as opposed to sort of waiting? Like, do you think we get these inspired moments from spirit because we're supposed to act right away? I mean, how often have you seen people wait and miss an opportunity, for example? Way more than what they messed up. Yeah. Yeah. When the idea is there, act. Like there's just, there's no, now there might be, um, for example, here's, I'll share something with, with you that I haven't shared with very many people for whatever reason, about three months ago, I started writing songs. I have no idea why, but I will wake up in the middle of the night and I don't know how else to describe it, except like a song will be like, almost like hovering over me. I've never had any musical background. I don't sing. I don't play guitar. I don't play any instruments. But these lyrics are coming to me in like the coolest way possible. So I wake up, I take my phone and I actually just am like writing a full song within like three minutes. I don't know why, but the idea is there and I'm taking the action. And wouldn't you know it, I just had a new client come to me. And what do you think she does? She's a professional song writer. She helps people with their songs. She helps them bring them to the world. And so another curi- like, so here's like these questions and curiosities, like, what does all this mean? Like, why is it all coming together? I don't know yet. I don't know, but I know there is something. This is not just a coincidence. I really don't believe in coincidences. I only believe in spiritual synchronicities. I also believe that sometimes ideas are just meant to activate energy. And so maybe it's just the act of me active, like the, the fun place that I go, I go into this place of like, it's my zone of attraction, right? Ideas are a zone of attraction because you're not overthinking. You're not doubting. You're not worrying. You're just writing or being creative or whatever it is. When you are in your zone of attraction, the universe can bring you everything. It's like, here's a great example. Have you ever played the game red light, green light? It kind of bugs me that yes, what was that one show that just came out not too long yes, ago? Yes, it was uh, Squid, Squid Games. Games yeah. It was in that. Yeah. yeah, which totally drives me nuts because that like has a really bad, so don't think about Squid Game, Red Light, Green Light. Think about well, it when we you are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you played Red Light, Green Light, right? Yeah. And you turned around and the person said, you know, green light, and they would just run to you as fast as they could. That is what the universe is always doing. It is always wanting you to give it green light energy so you can, it can just run to you with your desires as fast as possible. But as soon as you start to doubt and worry and fear and how, and I don't know, and him and ha and not take the action, you are giving red light energy and the universe has just stopped. It stopped. It can't support you. It can't bring you anything more until you give that green light energy. And that's what ideas do. Ideas can put you in that green light energy. I love how you were talking about how, when you're in your air, you said you, you know, you feel called to even have 10 showers a day to just be prepared to receive that mm-hmm. energy. And we know that a lot of people have amazing thoughts that come to us in the shower because, you know, you're creating this space, but then you also mentioned that you do a lot of journaling. It seems to me that you are constantly putting yourself in the opportunity of being able to receive inspiration. So how is important is it to carve out those windows of time to allow those downloads to come, to allow those inspirational moments to arrive in, 
in your life. And, you know, even as you were just talking, then I felt emotional because I think sometimes, you know, especially as business owners, we're so busy doing all the time that we sometimes feel like we're not getting ahead. Whereas we need to remember that everything is happening in divine timing and sometimes taking a moment out to, you know, allow inspiration or just to recognize all the things we've been doing is, is what's required. But I'd love to hear from you about carving out that space and allowing those things to, to enter. I think more than anything, what the elements have shown me is that we create our own divine timing and that when we can follow and find that personal power pattern, oh my gosh, it just sets us up for so much success. It really, really does. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, um, creative space, creative freedom, time, creative, like just to have that time on my calendar blocked when, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was in my, when I was in my air, I already pre had blocked off on my calendar, two full days for writing creative emails and marketing and social media content. And I pumped out in a matter of hours, what most people spend an entire month creating. So I'm talking to about four hours. I created all of my content, everything that I needed for the whole month of February. That's a lot. Like, that's what I'm talking about of really harnessing the energy that you're in and having the space to do so. There's nothing worse than like, what if I had a calendar jam-packed full of client calls and yet here I am, I'm having all of these ideas and I don't have the space to be able to write and do what I need to do. So my entire calendar is set up to serve my clients, be with my family, take care of myself and run my business. And it, It's just, it's super powerful when you can do that. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. It sounds to me like you live life according to your own rules and your own, you know, intuitive knowing. (laughs) And, And I love that about you. And I guess I'm curious about how that also affects your psychic skills and your readings and your mediumship work that you do. One of the things that I have learned over time is that mediums tend to have their own sort of styles of how they can connect with past over loved ones, their own, you know, maybe symbology, their own, you mentioned earlier that you've got all the clairs. So their own ways of understanding things based on um, smells or tastes or feelings. So when you first got into mediumship, you know, did a lot of the following your own path sort of play a part as well in the way that you conduct your readings and the way you started discerning information from spirit? And, and what did that look like? Oh, for sure. I mean, because I, like I said, I'd never done a reading before. I'd only had the one with this woman for like 30 minutes. So I'd never seen Long Island Medium, like nothing. So I have no idea, right? And, um, I started noticing some of those symbols right away. Like I would see certain images or um, for example, now I know when I see the image of a green pen, like if I'm doing a reading for somebody, I know they're supposed to be doing creative writing. Why a green pen? I have no idea. That was just what spirit decided to show me very early on. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I see a red rose, there's typically a grandmother, usually a maternal grandmother that has crossed over that is trying to communicate. 
I know if I see a red cardinal that there's typically a male, most likely their father that has passed away that is trying to communicate. So there's sometimes these like universal symbols that I think a lot of psychic mediums see with some of those things that definitely show that definitely show up for, for me. Um, I think my gift as a medium is more about why I think I have a beautiful way of being able to connect into memories, specific memories. For example, I'll, like one of, I'll never forget this lady. She was old, much, she had to have been probably in her seventies, maybe, maybe eighties. And she came to me for a reading and I, um, I don't know how I knew it, but it just came through me. And I said, you know, I see your husband and he's telling me that he's in front of the Ferris wheel on the bench and he's waiting for you there. And she starts just sobbing and says, oh. that was where our first date was. It was at our, it was at our carnival. And that was where he kissed me for the first time. Like how, yeah, truth bumps. How oh do you, God. how do you, like what I gave to her in that day? I mean, she's not, she's no, she's, she's definitely, I remember she told me, she's like, I'm just not scared to die now. Yeah. Um, that's really, I mean, that's amazing. Like, I can't even sometimes find words for the beautiful gift that comes through me and to me. And so being able to connect into those memories more than symbols, more than anything else, it's those really, those memories and those messages that can just change people's lives for the rest of their life. It's powerful. It's amazing. I think one of the things that, you know, we tend to forget and maybe our listener at home won't connect with this as much if they're listening to this conversation, maybe they're already on their spiritual journey, or maybe they're just beginning. But I think we sometimes, you know, we get so busy doing and being human that we forget that we're not alone. We forget to look for our signs from spirit or our signs from our past over loved ones or you know, to trust that everything is happening in divine time. And like you said, maybe it's happening in the yeah. perfect divine timing for our own highest good. So, you know, when you're talking about seeing these different symbols and signs, do you see them in your third eye? Do you see a physical indication of this? And how easy would it be for our listener at home to start to see some signs from spirit themselves? Everybody can instantly start to receive evidence from from their higher self, the universe, spirit, their soul, whatever, whatever spirit guide, whatever label feels good for you. And it's because I really believe that the, the sign you're looking for is the emotion you're feeling in the moment. If you are looking for a sign from a past loved one and you just feel love in your heart, you miss them. Like that is the only sign you need that they are with you, the way that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, I also believe that spirit does give us like actual signs, you know, like for example, you look at the clock and you don't even know why you look at the clock, but it's two, two, two or 11, 11. Like those are powerful moments that your, let's just say like your spirit guide was getting you to, to see a number that had just, just a little bit of meaning for just a moment to help, you know, in that moment, you're supported, you're safe, you're sacred. And those are around us and for us and available to us all the time. That evidence is everywhere. It's on license plates. It's in nature. It's in 
sound recognition. It's on the radio. I tell people I'm like the best way to like connect with somebody that you or to a message is just randomly turn on the radio to a song and give yourself a radio reading. The universe will give you a message inside of that song, right? Like no matter what, like you can, you can receive. I mean, you can receive. Everybody is open to receive. Now, the most important part of it is when you see it, you acknowledge it. You don't chalk it up to coincidence. You don't dismiss it or think, you know, and like you pay attention to those and you acknowledge them and you thank them. And the more that you do that, the more you will start to see. That's so funny that you said that because when you were talking, I was, I was going to ask you about, you know, asking spirit for signs that are a little bit more obvious because I remember, and I'm not going to go into it now because it's too long of a story, but basically I was looking for some signs from spirit and they gave me one. And I was like, Oh, I don't really know. Like maybe that I need a stronger one. So then they gave me another one. And then I said, I need a signier sign. Yeah. I need a signier sign. And I said, no, I probably would like to get an email from someone with this specific name or like an email that kind of references this name. And literally within the hour, I had an email from somebody with the same name that I was wanting. And I went, okay, I got it. Message received. Right. And I always say, thank you. Thank you more, please. But I guess my question to you is you, you talked about how you believe in, in spiritual synchronicity. So how often is it that, you know, we get these things and they don't mean something. Does that ever happen or is it? No. Okay. No. okay. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. All right. It means something. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, when you see the number, what's the emotion you're feeling? If you're not feeling like if you're in a bad place, you're not feeling good about something, you're worried about something, and you look at the clock and it's 11-11, all that that is, all that that means is raise your vibration. That's how I think of almost every single sign that I see is like, feel good, keep feeling good, keep yeah. feeling good, feel better, focus on your feelings, focus on your emotions, because the truth of the matter is, no matter what sign you get or you don't get or what email you want to get or whatever it is, <laughs> the only thing you have control in over any of this is how you feel and the emotion that you're feeling. It's all we have control over. So you might as well feel freaking good. <laughs> like, yeah. You might as well like feel as good as you possibly can. You might as well just focus on what's going to turn you on, what's going to light you up. And the more that you do that, the more you're open to receive. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's, the higher you feel, the higher connection you have. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And going back to your radio readings, I mean, music is a really easy way of helping to lift your mood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I even do it sometimes too. I'll turn on the radio and I'll be like, that's not the song I wanted. That's not it. Let's play again, universe. New song. <laughs> you know, I swear I've done that before. And it's the same song on a different station. I was like, whatever. I'm not listening to the radio today. It's <laughs> so, not the answer I yeah. wanted. And I, think, and I think too, like, I love, I'm not like a tarot reader, but I love to use cards just to feel validated and mm -hmm. what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Like, I think there's tons of different tools and stuff that we can use to strengthen that connection and to just again, always know we're supported, always know we're going in the right direction mm. and that we're in control with all of it, with what we're feeling and thinking. I love that. So you just referenced their divination tools. So do you use Oracle decks? Do you use tarot decks? What other divination tools do you use? And do you recommend all kinds of stuff? Yeah. Anything. I've created my 
own deck. I mean, Ooh. I use right now, I'm kind of into this, uh, the light seers tarot. I've never been a tarot, really into tarot or cards, but I do really like these ones. Um, I think the most powerful tool is a pen and a piece of paper and to just write your heart and soul out and to not worry about if somebody's going to meet so many women that are just, they want a journal and they're so scared. Somebody's going to see it or read it or, oh my gosh. And it's just heartbreaking to me because I think so much can change in your life when you journal, like when you really get connected to the soul truth and you write about it and you speak about it, man, the universe feels that and it responds instantly, instantly. That's, so that's so funny. Cause I actually am talking to somebody tomorrow and, um, Oh, one of my clients, one of the things I was going to recommend to her that she check out the artist way. And one of the parts oh, yeah. of the, yeah, the artist way is all about the morning pages and allowing those free flowing ideas to come. So, I mean, how do you help people work through that? If they are afraid of someone reading it, do you recommend they write it and burn it or write in code or just let, you know, throw caution to the wind, trust God? They don't care. Like they have to learn to not care Yeah, that what can happen for them by writing in that journal is way more powerful than any person has by reading it. And if somebody would ever judge you or criticize you or make fun of you for what you're writing in a journal, well, they probably aren't somebody that needs to be close enough that they would even have access to it to start with. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of opens up a whole you know, that, that can open up a whole nother, whole nother level, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think journaling is, and I think my favorite thing is, in fact, I just pulled my, my journal. This one, I think is from 2016. I love going back and reading. It amazes. I love seeing, gosh, the things that I wanted then, or now the things that I've already had and experienced. And it's just, it's just this personal data that we have on ourselves and our dreams and our goals. And I love going back and reading my old journals more than anything. It tells me what's coming also, because again, I very much believe in the power of, of, of these patterns. You know, I know that May is for whatever reason, a very tough month. I call it my tsunami month because I feel like I'm in water the whole damn month. Oh. And, um, so now I set my calendar up. So I do very little in the month of May. I don't do any marketing. I don't do podcast interviews. I don't do, I don't do a whole lot because I'm just not meant to. Otherwise it feels like I'm in a boxing match with a freaking tidal wave and nobody wants to feel that. So I love that. As so yeah, your journal really sets you up for success. Yeah. I love that as we get older, we also sort of become more compassionate and understanding of ourselves and knowing that we don't need to be everything for everyone else. You know, like I'm sure there was a time in your life where you blocking out the month of May because you're going to be maybe emotional or going through something. I'm sure that didn't always occur to you, right? That would have been no. something that you learned <laughs> to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, um, I've set myself up to be able to do that now. And I feel super grateful for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially like I have four kids, I have two adult children and then two younger children. Um, but I mean, for a long time, for my whole life, I have felt like it's taking care of everybody else. And these last, these last few years, especially with the elements, I've really learned how much of a 
better human being I can be, how much a better business owner, a wife, a mother, a business partner, all of the things when I honor the energy that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And that when I do that and I put that first, I show up as the best version of me everywhere else, every single time. So it's, it's just, like I said, it's been a life and business game changer for me. Why is self-care so important in spiritual development? Well, I mean, let's talk about self-care for a second, actually, for, because I know your audience is, is women. Self-care is not a bubble bath. And that is hygiene, ladies. That is just self-hygiene. <laughs> I was going to say be, but okay. <laughs> so pissed off when I see like people talking about self-care, like, oh, going for a walk or taking a bubble bath. That's, that's not self-care to me. Self-care it's more soul care than anything. It's really getting in touch in that deep place. It's being by ourself for long enough to listen to what does our soul have to say to us Mm. and then being able to recognize it and hear it and actually do something with it. It's taking care of our soul. Self-care for me is more self-meat. It's maintenance. You know, it is, you know, of course you want to eat good food. You want to drink water, like, but ladies, that is self-maintenance. That's not self-care. That is like, that is basic human, human needs on the hierarchy. You know, like I get, we get, we get more than basic self-care needs taken care of. And you have to be the one to do that though. You have to, you know, I mean, sure. Don't get me wrong. Like a massage is nice or those, but that's not self-care. That's, that's me. That's just hygiene. That's maintenance. I want you to do like, I want you to go deeper with what that actually means for you. For me, it's, um, it's almost uncomfortable sometimes to sit and not talk and to just listen, to write, to be honest with myself and with my soul about what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm desiring. Am I playing small? Am I limiting myself somewhere? That's, that's true soul care there. When you can go deep, you want to go deeper, not always higher. Yeah. I remember there was a time in my life when I didn't even want to do the laundry because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. And I've talked about this on the show before, but then I discovered Eckhart Tolle's work and about being in the present and the importance of listening to my thoughts and, you know, kind of discerning what's truthful and not, and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I never really thought about it much about being soul care over self-care. And it's just funny, especially as women, how we have a natural inclination to give to everyone before we give to ourselves. But, you know, like you said earlier, the minute we decide that we're going to give to ourselves, all these doors of opportunity open. And would you say that the minute that you decide to make yourself a priority, the universe finds ways to help accommodate you? Like somebody will take offers to take care of of the kids or take them to a movie or, you know, some kind of other opportunity comes and everything just sort of, yeah, for sure. I was that exact thing. I mean, we have, um, kids, we have boys that play sports and we're a very busy sports family. And I was just kind of feeling it a couple months ago. I just needed some space. I just needed some time just to me, just like, just to listen, to, not listen, maybe watch TV, like whatever I wanted to do. I needed some space to do whatever I wanted to do. 
And it was just like, all of a sudden, like my husband was just like, well, I'll take both of the boys and then I'm going to grab dinner with so-and-so. Like all of a sudden I was like at my, and that's why I'm saying sometimes you get what you want and you're like, holy shit, this is kind of, yeah. like I was sitting at my house alone with my dog and I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I manifested exactly what I wanted, but man, I kind of miss my kids now. Or <laughs> you know, yeah. so sometimes you get what you want and then you're like, wait a minute, not that much. Yeah. That yeah. Much. Or that happened a lot quicker than I expected. I was in, um, I haven't told this story on the show yet because it's still figuring itself out, but I, I was driving with my partner over Christmas and I was telling them about how I want to manifest this new vehicle by 2022 with the sunroof and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, the only re- way we would get rid of this vehicle is if it blew up. And I went, yeah, true. <laughs> 15 minutes later and the brand new timing belt, we just got put in completely shattered and we were stranded on the side of the road for three hours waiting for a tow truck. Long story short, we're still figuring out the way this story unfurls. But, you know, it's just funny because you do want to be very aware that you are a magical being and you do sometimes I go, okay, I got to remember to add, I want this to happen easily and gracefully and with joy and abundance and, you know, kind of being a little bit more clear. So when you're, you know, creating opportunities for soul care or manifestation, are you pretty, you know, direct on what you want to have happen or are you sort of put the intention and see what happens? I'm so glad we get to probably like I'm glad we got to talk about this because I think one of the most powerful lessons that you can ever have is in radical unattachment, Mm -hmm. like being so firmly and 100% know what you want, be like dedicated to going after it and clear and what it is, but how it shows up for you, that is not your part. And having that radical unattachment to how is freaking amazing. It is a superpower to be able to unattach to that, to not, you know, like, for example, if you want to see the sign and you wanted the email, like you weren't attached to how that email came and it might've been a different name, but you got it, you know, like sometimes asking for a sign. I remember one time I asked for a sign that was a butterfly and I didn't see a butterfly, but I saw a butterfly like on a decal sticker on somebody's car, you know? So it's just, it's being so open to the ways that let the universe blow your mind. Yeah, Like oh. it will just, if you just allow it to do what it does best, it will blow your mind every single time and you will get it every single time without fail. I love it. Well, this conversation has been freaking awesome girl. Number one, let's just be <laughs> friends forever. Okay. And number two, yes, agree. <laughs> like sister. I yeah. We might need like a part two to this. <laughs> I know. Okay. We will definitely set up a part two. Cause I'm just as keen. And I know our listener at home is like, you guys were just getting going and it's already been an hour. What's happening. Yes. Well, I know. I can't believe it. We have things to do. We're busy women. All right. So my friend, can you tell me if there's anything that you wanted to talk about today? I know we've really sort of touched briefly on a whole bunch of things. Maybe that's the way it was supposed to go. We'll definitely have a part two, but I'd love to know, is there anything you feel called to speak on? How can people get a hold of you? How can they work with you, get a reading or get some, some coaching and support? Find out about your deck. Yeah. I have a couple free gifts for your people. Definitely. So I did a training on the mat on the elements. 
So we'll include a link for them. If you can include that for them, that would be fabulous. Yes. And then I also have this pretty cool workbook. It's called Coffee with the Universe. And this is what I tell people to start with when they want to start kind of having that morning conversation with their self, with their soul, with the universe. And um, it's, you know, kind of working through some of the limiting beliefs and turning them into like soul truths and taking action from that place. So there's some good stuff inside of both of those free gifts for your people. And then of course, all the links to like my website and uh, social media will all be on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, my sister. I'm looking forward to part two, who knows what we're going to cover, but I can't wait. (laughs) Thanks so much. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.